podcast. Movie, movie, podcast. Movie, movie, podcast. Movie, movie, podcast. Movie, movie, podcast. I didn't know you had T-Mobile. Movie, movie, podcast. Oh, really? Well, let me tell you about something called T-Mobile Tuesdays. Welcome to the Movie, Movie, Podcast, everybody. It is episode number 157. I'm your host, Tiggs. And with me, as always, are T-Mobile spokesman, Russ. <laughs> but I'm Russ from a parallel dimension, similar to this one, but not exactly the same. And he might have a cell phone or he might not, Peter. Uh, yeah, I'm just taking a break from writing my monograph. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about that one soon. I saw that yesterday. That's a good one. Um, all right. It is December. We said we were going to do this before Thanksgiving. My bad. Um, and now we've got a whole bunch of movies to talk about. So we decided to cut half of them. And now we have this, less than a whole bunch of movies to talk about. This is the same one that we were going to do before Thanksgiving. Yeah. This, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were going to try to squeeze this in before the Marvels because we knew a, a wave of shit was going to come. Yeah. And we would have had space for maybe a potential one more cast. Instead, we're doing this now, which is likely our last cast of the year. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. We'll see. I don't know what else is coming out this year. Might be something worth talking about before the end of the year. Or not. We usually talk about some sort of order and then I blow it all up and do whatever the hell I want to. But... <laughs> We didn't talk about the order this time, so now it's all on tags. So I'm going to say, Russ, which one of these movies do you want to talk about the most? Ooh, love it. Love it. Let's get it out of the way because these movies are no longer sacred. Uh, well, actually, they never were. But let's just talk about the Marvels because that's the oldest movie here. Let's and I talk about the Marvels. Out of my head. Um, yep. So I, I enjoyed it. Let me say that before I do anything else here. But it was such a sad theater experience. I saw it, I think, in like an early Thursday showing. Okay. Like so, like the 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 like early, day it came out. Yeah, the day it came out, it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. It was a decent amount of people there. Not not exactly like packed, but like not you would not describe it as empty. Um. Yeah, I don't know why I needed to explain that. Um. But all the all moments Marvel. that would make have made people cheer at Marvel movies in the past. It was so awkward as like you could hear like three random dudes around the audience go, oh, yeah. Like when um, Valkyrie shows up. Oh, yeah. even, even like the hue, the like big post credit ending thing, like three people sounded excited in the theater. So yeah. like, as I said, it's still a lot of people went to go see it. Um, no, I mean, not across the country, but in my theater. But it's just it's like clearly no one fucking cares about these movies in the same way we did. If you haven't yeah. heard that that change. But this is the first time I really saw it in a theater. Yes, that's interesting. I, yeah. I saw it the Sunday of uh, Veterans Day weekend because I was I don't know. I was somewhere and I was up in Vermont. And then I came home and saw it when I got back and I saw a Sunday afternoon screening um there was inarguably nobody in my theater it was like yeah and i went to the, i went to the palisades like it, when you consider like that's a pretty big theater one of the bigger ones and it's opening weekend and then i like juxtaposed that with i remember when i went and saw and this isn't even that long ago i saw wakanda forever uh, literally a year ago and the theater God, yeah. is like juiced up and alive 
in a way that it was not for this. And all those articles about, oh, franchise fatigue, superhero fatigue, it has set in. It is real. And it doesn't, and I don't think it matters if something is good or not. I think people are just kind of tapped, unless it's like a mega, mega, like, what we forget is Marvel's made 33 movies, and they all haven't been great. Right. And now, and this, if something this is, is not just good, yeah, but I think like now, they're not going to get away with making $700 million on the stuff that's just good. Right. I think they're only yeah. going to make those grosses on the great stuff. And there isn't as much great as we as as we think. And but Marvel that's, is that's perfectly good. good. I, I, you're you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is okay. I just think we need to rethink some of these budgets because I, yeah. we can't make that kind of. You can't expect every movie to make seven to eight hundred million and cost two. Like we got to get back to Ant Man one level budgets. Right. And like, and the bubble burst and that's fine because this bubble lasted for 17 years, 18 years. And 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 it's a very nice bubble to keep going for a very long time. Um, And and again, yeah, Marvel's is it's decent. It's 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 an hour and a half. Holy Mm. crap. Give me more. Um, If if for nothing else, I would I would want to see like more of the movies just do that. Um, Mm -hmm. But. I am perfectly happy with them starting to do like a little bit more scrutiny on it because it even felt like it, it felt like that happened quickly ish as well. Like Thor, the dark world is still probably one of the worst of all time. And that was like, yes. that was the fifth movie that came out. Um, and, and it was just like, well, that was so boring. And then there's been nothing but excitement in the movies since then. Like, I feel like none of them have been as slow and, and meandering as, as dark world was. Right. And so and which is which is, you know, they made the mistake then. And now we're at the other end where it gets hard to get excited for these CGI fight scenes, even though the ones here where they were like phasing in and out and like changing character. I thought that was well done. Like that that is a yeah. intensely well done choreographed fight scene. Yeah. Uh, it's, as opposed it's, to it's, other stuff. it's been a while since a Marvel scene has had choreography to it. Yeah, like there's not just like a fucking like, army of fake Shang-Chi. ants coming at them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh god, Ant-Man, fucking Quantumania was terrible. Yeah, exactly. Like this is like this is definitely a middle of the road, maybe like just a like just on top of like a little bit better than flat in the middle. You know? Yeah. And here's the thing: it's, it's still and, the best of the last three years. And what <laughs> nobody is, or what I'm, I guess nobody's talking about because nobody probably thinks it, except for maybe me. I thought this shit was better than Captain Marvel. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. I, I agree. It's um, entertaining. It, it's watchable. It's rewatchable. Yeah. Uh, like, this is a movie I'll watch. I watch a lot of Marvel movies purely for, like, selected scenes. This will get some selected scenes out of me. Uh, Captain well, when Marvel this does come to not. Disney Plus, I'll watch it. Yeah. 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 Uh, Captain it, Marvel, I only watched the Stanley cameo a couple of times, and that was it, because it was great, because he quoted Mallrats. But other than that, I've never, I haven't watched Captain Marvel again. Yeah, no. it it's it's got some good stuff to it. I think I still like her as a character in the first movie, but it's it just doesn't hold up with any like excitement. It's just like you talk about Dark World, like Dark World Thor that Thor movie still had an infinity stone in it when we were just sort of like 
getting started with all that stuff. That's true. This movie and the last couple don't really seem to be building anywhere, so they're not events. Even you could even the post credits of this, you could argue doesn't really set anything up because it's not like Doctor Strange did anything that we haven't that this doesn't in terms of its like cameos or or world building, and it just doesn't seem like we're going anywhere. Well, it's not like movies like. Movies don't have to be like the first two phases of Marvel. Like they don't have to go anywhere, but like it's still it still has to feel important, especially if you're going to do movies and TV. And you right. have to be a, there has to be a reason why this is a movie. It is on the big screen, and you need to see it quickly. And it needs to be something more than just like there's a lot of shit going on on the screen. Because what about? Cause I feel that, like that's what this is. It's not like this should have been a TV show, but what about this screams? You better see it now because a people are going to be talking about it, and right. b like it's a theatrical experience. Especially I when sixty six percent of the Marvels themselves come from TV. Yeah, right. Even, well, I think that that's the big thing. Yeah, is that two of these characters were like, hey, remember those like six to eight episode shows that you were watching? They're finally on like the big screen with. You know, uh, with with Captain Marvel, they're finally well, together. Because uh, Aman Vellani, Kamala Khan is delightful. Yeah. Um, every scene that involved her or her family was the better scenes of the movie. Her family that talk about like doing one of these like young superhero families like well versus yeah. like, say, like Blue Beetle or something like that. Like, I love her family. <laughs> yeah, they're delightful. I think like this movie is a case study. And I mean, I know they've made a lot of missteps post uh, Endgame, uh, especially with just so much movie and so much TV. But I think the idea of. Of introducing so many new characters that are supposed to establish a foothold I'm supposed to care about in TV. Is a little bit of a mistake. I think yeah. TV can deepen characters that we know from movies and maybe flesh those worlds out and introduce some other characters that way. But I think Loki. if if, if Miss Marvel, exactly, Loki took a character we already know and deepened the fuck out of him to the yeah. point where now he is so important and so great. And I feel like they went the other way around with Miss Marvel and it was kind of almost a mistake. We're supposed to, based on the way they've positioned Miss Marvel as a character in the MCU and in the comics and in the, the general zeitgeist, that's a movie character. Yeah. And you also, gave us a show. Now I liked the show, but yeah, because you gave because you made it a show, you're telling a lot of people out there it's less essential. And I think that that's a mistake. And if you wanted to make that character matter, do the special presentation thing. And give them like a four, like an hour and twenty minute like thingy. Then yeah. I think people would care more. Yeah. But I think the straight up everybody gets six episodes, whether it's dog shit or it's awesome. I think yeah. that's a way to get people to not care when these people make the jump to movies. I do want to know how much these shows are costing, like these six episode like deeply a lot, a lot. Like, how, Just because compared they to the movies, them, yeah, they produce them in the weirdest ways in which. They have to film so much because they're constantly rewriting, constantly changing things because they don't have like 
showrunners or show like a showrunner or a room or a, like a show bible to like really work off of. So they're as I said, they're constantly switching stuff. And they just and burn cash. And just yeah, you know what just, Kevin Spacey was supposed to be doing this whole time, isn't he like the no? Well, now yeah, that, that there's so much shit, he can't. Like yeah. there, think about how many shows are in production and movies at a given time. It used to be there was like one movie uh, in post production, one movie maybe in production, and then one movie yeah. in pre. So you just right. had to kind of float around three basic ideas. Now there's probably four to five movies somewhere in the in production. And then four or five shows. That's like his job has like tripled in the last few yeah. years. It's not yeah. sustainable. And he's got a great eye, but I don't think they have created a succession plan without him. No. And that is a real problem. If you're I not going to have showrunners. There's hints of it here um, and they've talked about it, but I think they their mistake was not immediately pivoting younger after Infinity in uh, Endgame. Yeah. And yeah, like, bro, for sure. Peter, yeah. Parker, Peter Parker, people are going to love him. He still feels super young. Miss Marvel, super young, super fun. Kate Bishop, um, whoever else you want to throw in there. But I don't I think they needed to do like the thing that we've talked about before, like the longevity of things like Teen Titans and Ninja Turtles is like ignore your older audience. They'll see it yeah. or they won't. You got to go after kids again and you have yep. to make your heroes younger. And more exciting because like the the just the excitement on screen when Miss Marvel or as I said when Peter Parker is in like Infinity War or Endgame, the energy level spikes in this incredible way that you're like, this could sustain it. And like but you can't be I, just doing the same thing again because that's something that like fucking old people liked. And there's a story there. Like clearly they're gonna give us Young Avengers eventually, but yeah. it's like you right. could have you could have made this whole entire fit. Fa- you didn't have to go bigger because there's nowhere else to go. You could have gone smaller, done the done the young, built up these younger, more street level characters, or even just you know legacy version, younger legacy characters. You could have done that all in one fell swoop, and then that that would have been a cool pivot. I think you would have gotten butts in seats or butts on screens or in in front of screens, and then you you can figure out what you map out the whole next phase. Like this could have yeah. almost been like a, a an entire palate cleanser. We're going to introduce some new fun people that'll grow with you. And then maybe like a phase or two from now, we'll go big again. But they just yeah. decided to go bigger than they've ever gone with multiversal stuff. And that's like, I don't know. It's just a huge missed opportunity. Multiversal stuff only feels like a commercial. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel yeah. like a deeper story or a deeper universe. It just feels like they're just showing you another toy box. Like, right. you know, the, like this By line the of the costume, too. They're all in hockey outfits. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And, it, and it's so yeah, much time yeah, on the yeah, $80 million yeah. grocer. <laughs> yeah. It's it's unfortunate that there a lot of the, a lot of the wrong lessons will be it seems like studios only take wrong lessons from movies, successes and failures. So I, I feel like they're not going to, they'll be, they'll basically say, okay, no more movies with women, which stinks. Yeah. Can't do it. That's the problem. No more uh, women of color directing our movies or women in them. Like it. And it's like, this is not it, dude. Like it, it, it's not. 
Uh, the thing that you don't do is hire a young director who's started to make a name for themselves and like completely take all responsibility from them. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. If someone is like her who has a somewhat of like an artistic vision, like she's going to be very clear, like this was a job. They really made this into that. And like, you know, like the weird thing of like the last couple of movies, you couldn't name the directors for a lot of them. No. And that's strange. Like, I, I I forget one I figured out years later that the directors of Captain Marvel made Short Term 12. Yeah. Wow. The movie I really? Love. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, but now it's becoming more and more as, like, Marvel doesn't really know what they're doing. They keep changing these movies on these directors. They keep cutting things out, telling them what they have to do. So it's completely a job. You can find other people to direct these films that don't ever need to feel the need to defend themselves for for their lack of um involvement or right, or right. their lack of like uh buy-in so stop finding these talented people yeah just, just find someone that can direct a fucking movie like take a tv director no offense to tv directors but like they're kind of anonymous yep yep and, the, and the, right. they're not like, like well, alan taylor from thor the dark yeah. world yeah yeah there you go <laughs> Sorry, all I said right, we need to stop talking about it, and then I went on another We're moving rant. on. We're moving on. We're done. We're done here. We're going to move on. We are going to talk very briefly, probably not, about The Killer. Pete, what did you think about The Killer? Uh, good. It, it's it's a bummer that I wish I saw it in the theater. Uh, Netflix is awful, and I hate them. I, I wish they would give even just two weeks of release in every you know, theater. Like Apple does. Yeah, they. I don't know why they hate money. And only crave content. Um, I find that because, funny because you go to Lincoln Center for for movies, but like the Paris isn't that far away from there. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually it's arguably a lot closer. But I have an AMC subscription, so I ah like to... got it. Okay, that makes sense. Though. So, but like <laughs> Netflix buries shit. Like as I said, it was it was completely shocking to me last episode that I had to explain what the Wes Anderson shorts were to you guys. Still oh, haven't yeah. watched that. Still can't so, like, them. So, like, they just throw so much shit. It's like movies don't have a life cycle on them anymore in those. Like, no one – sometimes you just don't even know these fucking things are there. So let me see this in a the theater because, like, it's fucking David Fincher yeah. who I love. And in this yeah. movie, like, I think is looks great. Looks wish I, good. Wish I could see good. it. Not on my television. Um, yeah. I think it's a whole lot sillier than you might expect, which is really it fun. Is. Um, I, I'm very much into the, this movie is about David Fincher's like first six directed films oh, and it's like dealings with like trying to be an artist in a more chaotic world. Um, <laughs> so I really oh. enjoyed that. Fastbender's fun. I think people complain about the voiceover, it being like stupid, but like, we're not supposed to think this character is like the smartest or coolest. <laughs> right. Even the, in the, in the, you know, comic series, he's not like the smartest or the coolest, really. He's kind yeah. of like a dick for most part. I, I thought I, I liked the voiceover. Um, I liked the direction overall. Um, it felt a lot like, um, there, there was a John Rush, uh, movie years ago called limits of control that I thought that this was very, very similar to, except I really liked limits of control. And this one I thought was like, eh, this is okay. But I also just to take a weird stance, I do not like the Smiths. And so every goddamn <laughs> song is the Smiths. I'm just like, I can't take this goddamn movie. 
It was just so much Morrissey, and I just couldn't take it. Um, but I, I thought that it like it, it definitely went so like I was expecting it to just be him on his own like the entire time, just like on like jobs or like on that one job. Then once he like gets back to very quickly, like his own compound scene that it was broken into, and then like going on like that, I I was. I was very invested in, in in that whole thing. Um, but again, just too much of the Smiths and that really, that really killed it for me. <laughs> I can, I, that, you know what, if you don't like the Smiths, maybe stay away. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, just fair yeah. warning. If you do like the Smiths, come on in. Yeah. I That's do like the eight. Smiths, so I will see it, but I don't, it? I, it's just frustrating. I mean, you're already ranting on it, but it is annoying as how that these street, like, but there's no uniform system for, streamers that make these oscar Beatty movies or just movies in general uh i don't want to watch them at home yeah i don't and i have to and that's stupid like even like i thought they would learn something with their glass onion release put it in all theaters for two weeks yeah that's true it will make a good amount of money and it's also a short enough time period that some people will still miss it and then get very excited that they can already watch it at home. Yep. Yeah. But just fucking put it in a theater. I would have wanted. I would have gotten to see this if it was playing in an AMC. Yeah. And it's like, it's short too. Like there's a lot of show times. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot I, that they did Glass Onion and did that kind of release with Glass Onion. They they 100 percent should have done that. Yeah. And like I know that uh, I think Killers of the Flower Moon is now available to watch at home. It is. I think. Yeah. But like it was out it's, long enough that I did eventually get around to see it in theaters. Yeah, same. Uh, so I saw that movie twice. twice. Me it. too. <laughs> um, obviously, be talking about that in the top ten episode next year. Um, I don't know that I will be, but I liked it. I talk about it. I 10 times. most likely will be, but it'll probably be at the back half somewhere. Um, all right, let's. All right, so who's who hasn't chosen yet? Um, Russ, Russ, give me another one that you want to, what I want to talk about. <laughs> you give me. <laughs> your tightest three minutes on on napoleon i'm napoleon hmm. he sounds Dude, you're, like you're a much bigger stupid. fan of this than i am so i yeah i liked it more than tiggs it's i think you kind of have to fall into how silly clearly ridley scott's fine ridley scott finds napoleon i think i think the movie could have hit that harder but it, I found it very fun how, like, clearly, clearly Scott's like, this is all very stupid. Why, he definitely why? thinks he's a stupid character. He was yeah. a stupid person and, like, did he's not like person. it. <laughs> it's, weird that, it's weird that someone would be able to do this. You shouldn't yeah. be able to. <laughs> and, like, and there's some very funny moments through that. It does feel incomplete in that Ridley Scott way there where, like, you know there's a, a cut with an hour and a half more. And this was just the one that felt like it told the story the most. Right. So, like, I do want to see that longer cut, but I enjoyed the silliness when it was there. And I did like the Joaquin performance um, and Vanessa Kirby. Yeah, I thought that it was um, visually, like, really beautiful. Like, a a lot of the battle scenes, it's it's incredibly well done. Um, It is... A movie about like a very petty man and everybody's super bored is how I would explain the movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's um, uh, his horse dies 
in the opening battle scene in a way that I've never seen a horse die. Just as a heads up, it's pretty gross and shocking. Yeah, that was nuts. That <laughs> was wild to remember that. But yeah, uh, me and Caitlin are currently obsessed and can't stop doing the hand motion of the way that he closes his ears when cannons are about to go off. Oh, God. Currently um, <laughs> love that. Uh, but yeah, but as you said, the battle scenes are great. Like, there's the the scope to that. All those sequences are really good. The, the, yeah. the winter yeah. battle uh, against um, Austria, I think, was really fantastic. Or yeah. Austria. Yeah. That, Austria. that whole winter battle was like was actually really good. And then like even I liked the end was very um uh, well no, yeah. It it is very clear that really Scott did not like Napoleon. Yeah. He's <laughs> silly. This is dumb. Um <laughs> it's funny that like there was Ridley Scott was talking about like the uh the the Kubrick version or like the Kubrick script. And he was like, he was, I guess, you know, after Kubrick had done all like the research and was kind of putting something together, I, I guess really Scott must have read it at some point because he was like, yeah, it wasn't very good. I decided to do my own thing. So I'm really <laughs> interested to see what that Kubrick script was. <laughs> yeah. All oh. right. Let's do another yeah, one. Seeing, you're not screaming to see Napoleon. If you're not dying to see Napoleon, you're probably not going to love Napoleon. No. Well, um, I'm, I'm not, so. It's only two and a half hours, though. Yeah, so. no. And yeah, but coming soon, Apple Plus has a four-hour version as well. Yep. Jesus exactly. Christ. In multiple parts, though. So it'll be like the, a Justice League, you know, 2022 cut or whatever it was of that, the, the Snyder cut. Um, bring out a black and white version of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would actually be, you know what? Into it. Is it just, uh, Justice, is, Justice is Gray? Was that the subtitle of that? No, that's, like, that's not what it said. Was it really? I don't know. I hate it even more now. Like it was like, um, come together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yes, it was called move Justice move. League. Justice is gray. That was the black and white version. I mean, I guess that makes sense, right? Yeah. Great Junkie XL score to that, though, I will say. I've been meaning to rewatch the Snyder Cut. It's good. <laughs> Yes. I've I've kind of wanted to rewatch parts yeah. of it, not not all of it again. Oh, I would probably honestly skip the entirety of part one. Yeah, yeah, just jump straight into part two. <laughs> Hell yeah, you know what one comes next. <laughs> um, all right, I I just want to see that that CGI off mustache. I'm watch that part <laughs> again. Um, Priscilla, tell me about it. Priscilla, 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 Priscilla. Uh, Sophia Coppola. Yeah, I watch Euphoria, but man, these Euphoria kids can act. Yes, they can. I I heard such good things about the the actress that plays Priscilla's performance, and it's all true. She's really fantastic. I think she won Best Actress at the Venice Film Festival, if I remember correctly. But uh, she's fantastic, and Jacob Elordi's Elvis is like miles ahead of Austin Butler's, in my opinion. Okay. Because he's he's... He's not doing I I who did I I don't know who I had this conversation with already, but it's like he's not doing like an impersonation of yeah. a, of somebody where you just play them bigger. He's yeah. actually like capturing the essence of somebody uh over I'm just trying to sound like Elvis. And in doing so it feels a lot more authentic and a lot realer. And I'm like, that's probably closer to who he was than the Baz version of Elvis, which is still a good, per- it's a good performance in a movie. Yeah, I don't like, yeah, but right. 
I think his his restraint is what yeah. uh, there's makes a, this. There's but the, that's also like the kind of big character you'd expect from like a Baz Luhrmann like movie in general. Yeah. But there's there's these like bursts of violence and anger from Alordi that I think he plays so well that they are shocking in these moments. Granted, he's like not a good guy the entire time, but like right. these like actual moments of like outward anger and wrath that like yeah. how he performs that and then the transition r- snapping right back into a nicer person, I think is really, really incredible. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, the actress that plays Priscilla, who I wish I now remember her name. Uh, she's got a, like a weird, uh, like a Z type name, Kaylee Spaney. Yeah, she, I think she plays the different ages of Priscilla Presley over like the, the 10 years maybe of the movie. I can't remember how long the movie was. Uh, it's about that. She's 14 to like probably. Yeah. I think she like seamlessly plays every single age. Yeah. Like it feeling like there's a ton done to like make up her hair or like costuming. I think she just effortlessly goes from feeling younger to older and, and like, especially like in terms of like the confidence that, that her character is like kind of starts to find throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really, it's really delightful. And it's just like basically a groomer in a really strange way that, I mean, I guess it, it, everybody was just okay with this, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's weird. Yeah, I want to see it. Um, I th- it's got to be coming out to something streaming soon. I'll, and I'm definitely going to check it out. <clears throat> um, I imagine that'll be streamable by Christmas. Yeah, oh, it's got to yeah. be. I, I, Christmas I, movie. Definitely. It's going to have its like screener life first, and then it will kick off. Oh, away. yeah. That makes sense. All right, let's keep it moving. So last time after I picked, Russ picked. So Russ, go ahead, pick another one. <laughs> oh, God. I see what you're doing here. Uh, we're going to talk about Anatomy of a Fall. Okay. Ooh. Winner of oh, oh. the Palme d'Or. Palme d'Or, but not selected by France as their um, Academy Award um, uh, nominee. Um, uh, oh, what's French. They went with a, a movie called The Taste of Things that is going to have a very sh- like a qualifying run and then be released, I think, on um, Valentine's Day around there. That's a much oh, more like crowd pleasing French film. This okay. is this is more stressful <laughs> and okay. perspective than that. So I so even though it won the Palme d'Or, I don't I think they wanted to go for a crowd pleaser for their academy award um oh yeah this is definitely not a crowd pleaser um this is a this uh, this is like this is a court drama (laughs) and french courts i gotta tell you are wild seem wild (laughs) um yeah the the main character sandra huller um is wonderful she's on trial for uh for allegedly murdering her husband yep um and I think she, she's so good in this. And also the, the child actor who plays her son oh, is yeah, really fantastic. Yeah. He's really good, but yeah. The real star of the movie is the French prosecutor who's just like the biggest bitch you've ever seen in your entire oh life. Oh, my God. <laughs> you want to murder him. You like you watch this movie as someone who knows nothing about the French courts. And you just like in your own head, you're like, there's no way this is what it's like. <laughs> there's right. absolutely no way in hell this is allowed. There's no way in hell that this is feels real at all. 
He is. Oh my god, this guy. <laughs> it feels a lot like you know. Um, I'm trying to think of like a good comparison to it, but almost if you were to think of <clears throat> like political debates in that are like you know the just so over the top and and but like it's you can't believe the stuff that is actually going on uh, on the screen or the thing that they're allowed to say and the thing and the way that they're allowed to kind of like treat the people that are around yeah uh, that, that are like on trial and I, I is that how it is i assume i don't know <laughs> because it was like it was just like you're not proving anything sir like it, right. it, it felt it even felt in the sense that like the burden of proof was on the defense like right well, yes exactly it was yeah. so yeah. odd even just watching everything about it but it is it's it's it ramps up the tension from that but also like the 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 story of this marriage and this kid's life as it unfolds through this trial is really really interesting especially as we think about like when you ask yourself who what's the actual true story going on here right how mu- how much of some of this testimony and some of the testimonies that come up like might be exaggerated or or just like as at, at one point like you kind of have to choose the truth you're going to believe in yeah exactly and that is that, the hmm, that is said the to, it is to the character at one point that really leads to the ending um and it and it really i it, for me it really fucking hooked me into like stressing over what was going to happen i i didn't think that i was going to be like as enthralled by it as i was like the entire time like this was and it's a long movie um it's it's like two and a half hours of what is like a crazy investigation and then trial um and it ends up like taking place over the period of like what it's over a year right like it's well over a year after it's and that's like seeing them all like live through the entire thing and how they're all dealing with it is is crazy Hmm. yes and it's like and how it ends too i think it really does a good job of like hammering down at the end like well what what is there that could possibly happen next for all these people like yeah like whether the outcome of any trial what makes you think was like well you know that was just like a lot of some fucking person's life and now they have to deal moving on and how that kind of might be impossible it's (laughs) it's really really interesting um and it's you know it's been it's been getting some critics prizes i believe uh New York film critics just gave it their foreign language prize. So I think it, it, it's, it might be even still nominated for some Academy awards, even though it's not going to be eligible for a foreign language film. Oh, also, okay. uh, I think I've heard from stuff from France is there's a lot of English language in this and they that's true too. There is completely in France, France, completely in France. Oh my God. <laughs> Let's move on then. All yeah. right. So, uh, Peter, what should we do next? Oh, wow. Really? I can't believe you allowed me to Oh, you're taking too long. All right, let's go to Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fun little bit. (laughs) Thanksgiving was fun. Speaking of fun little bit. Thanksgiving was very fun. Um, I I enjoyed it. I feel like I missed the boat on seeing it at Thanksgiving or before, so I I feel zero urgency to see it now. There's there's no real urgency to see it, but it is... It's brutal. <laughs> really? 
it's it's a very it's a more comic- oh it is Eli Roth yeah 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 it's, it's a Eli more Roth. comically violent scream movie like it does do yes. a very good job of like setting up the character setting up the younger teen characters and like you know people get hunted and all that kind of stuff the opening um if you uh, really don't like uh people from the boston area the stupidity of the people of the oh opening God, will God. really really make you chuckle that whole thing was i, th- I thought that that was very funny honestly yeah, I'm sold. Uh, yeah yeah pat patrick it, it, does a pretty good uh sort of new england accent I um I thought America's that like even sexiest like man alive. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I thought that the whodunit aspect was it it was done fairly well. Um, I in whether or not it was like overly obvious. At least there was. I, I we just watched rewatched the new Scream uh, again, which by the end of the movie you're like there's only four characters in this movie now like it has to be these other yeah. this other person like it has to be these three people that are not the normal like there's no yeah. one else it's either um, this scream seven or scream six yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah. i called it immediately i'm like it's those people it's yeah. yeah it's either the core four or all three of the other characters in the film. <laughs> uh what a dumb movie um yeah oh fuck what was i gonna say completely lost the plot there but even like like There's... going through it like like the the cell phones going off and like all the people kind of, like everyone getting taken little by little is like kind of interesting as well and, and it's well done the the actual oh my god the parade scene i thought was really <laughs> that was that was good uh there's there's one really like the biggest laugh from my audience was like me and like five other people when one of the uh friends the like younger the the female blonde character her dad shows up and is like completely f- has all the energy of a Russian mobster. And like, yes, her ways like we're going to Florida and you just can't help but laugh because like, where did this come from? I feel like someone mentioned dude, something dude. about this earlier because it's so jarring and funny, but I think it works because it's it's why wouldn't a parent show up and be like, it kind of feels like your friends are being hunted. Let's leave the state. It was the only reasonable thing to do with that anyone had actually had done when yeah. he's just like, no, we're not here anymore. Pack right. your bags. We're leaving right now. Yeah. <laughs> in a very fun contrast to like the kids in Scream having a party when people are yeah. being killed instead of just being, no, we're straight up just going to go. Yeah, we're going to try and get out of here as quickly as possible. Um, and then I thought like the after the killer is revealed the way that they like kind of out the killer, I was like, Oh, this is pretty good. I, I enjoy this right now that how this is all kind of gone down. <laughs> hmm. Ah, all right. Moving on, Pete. Now you get to actually talk to you. Choose one. Really? Okay. I shouldn't milk this and just go right into it. Um, I knew I made a mistake. I I don't, I didn't originally notice you logging this. And then I was shocked to see at your rating. Cause I've heard nothing but bad things. Please tell us about Saltburn. Uh, it's weird as fuck. Um, and it, it scratches my I like a weird movie itch. And it's if you know Barry Kilgan at all, this is like the most Barry movie that has come out so far. If you're used to him being a real weird guy who you don't know if you like him or hate him, but you're somehow you're interested in him a little bit. He's doing all of the things he does. Like basically just 
take him and throw him into a funnier, talented Mr. Ripley, and that's this. Okay. I have everything you're saying I'm totally into. And I, I don't know why it is not – I don't know. I think because it is mean. It's mm-hmm. a very mean-spirited movie. Okay. Uh, okay. It is. I, think, I get that vibe from the trailer. <laughs> I think maybe that's what's not connecting for some people, but I'm like, uh, did you see Promising Young Woman? Like, even even a, a, a movie where you're, like, rooting, like, found a way to make even, like, a revenge movie even darker. Right. Like, this is a very dark, strange movie, and that is a thing I like. Um, Jacob Elordi, again, Euphoria Kid. He's good oh. as a as a really rich aloof guy that kind of has a uh uh somebody glom onto him for status. It's just it's funny, man. Rosamund Pike is awesome. Richard Grant. There's just so many fun performances. I love this movie, and it's wow. but it is also a movie that I will not recommend um, <laughs> to a lot of people. I, if you're like, oh, I like weird ass shit, I'll be, oh, see it. Yeah. But if you're like, oh, I like my movie straight down the middle, not weird and and very happy, uh, then uh, please, please, for the love of God, stay away. Yeah, my, I've been on a roller coaster with this movie because I, I, I thought Promising Young Woman was pretty good. I like pretty good to great. Um. But I have it's one of those movies I haven't really thought about since 2020. Like all those like memory hold 2020 award yeah. films. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think that's just it. Nothing from that year will stick because it was we were thinking yeah. about other things. No, except for Trolls World Tour, which I yeah, I think it's about. also like weird. Like other to speak of like really digress real quick, but like other like sad turn of events. Like but the director the director of a uh, Minari is or 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 Minari depending on how you choose to pronounce it uh, is directing. The Twister sequel, Twisters. Oh God! Really? So, absolutely oh. take what was really one of the best movies of that year, and just being like, I don't know, direct the fucking Twister sequel. Um, I mean, so what was this? Yeah, so like twenty-eight yeah. years later. So, promising young woman kind of gets memory hold, and I'm like, you know what? I, you know, I am excited for this because I love uh, Barry Keegan and I uh, Jacob Elordi, especially after seeing Priscilla. I was like, oh, I'm really interested in this. What this guy can do. And then every, 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 every review I read was terrible. Except yeah, yours. I know, yeah, except yeah. yours, yeah. Yeah. You've been um, the first glowing review, and now I'm like, I don't know what to feel, because I just, I just, like, decided not to see this, and now I guess I have to pivot back. And what's funny is, like, even my, um, even my, like, uh, my teenage uh, movie kids at school, there's only one of like the three of them that was like five stars, loved it. The other two were like, yeah, no, all set, all set. Wow. It, okay. It is. I do think that you can't have a middling opinion on it. Got it. I think yeah. you. I think it's going to push you either into I really, really liked it or I hate it. Okay. Yeah. And I uh, like. That. I'm pretty. I'm more and more interested the more we talk about it. Um, is it still out? I don't even know. Uh, yeah, maybe it's, it's like a probably platform like showings. Yeah. Okay. All right. Saw it of Jacob Burns. 
Nice. Well, that sounds, seems like the right place to get that one. Yeah. All right. Let's keep it going. Uh, Peter, choose our next one. Uh, Tiggs, I, you said you had a couple words to say about Silent Night. I do. It stinks. All right. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. Honestly, it's not it's not great. Um, by any standard, it's it's not like anywhere near John Woo's best action movies, but it's got it's let me tell you, it's got a gimmick and it sticks to it the entire time. Um, it does that even even are there internet. like five minutes of talking at the beginning or is there no talking ever? There is. So there are two scenes when the radio is on and you can and like, you know, it's like talk radio for, I don't know, like. 10 seconds or something like that. You can hear sometimes people like mumbling in the background as though like, you know, there is talking going on, but that's it. So okay. it's, it's all of like, so 30 not seconds one of the principal actors in this film speaks. No. Wow. And I expected like at the end, like it was going to be like, one was going to look at the other and be like, hell yeah. Silent or something like night. that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, that just happened. Um, something crazy. I, I thought that, uh, it's, it was funny. Um, Marilyn and I were seeing, oh, I forget where, oh, we were seeing Killers of the Flower Moon and the trailer for Silent Night came on and she was like, so is this just peppermint? But like at Christmas and I was like, I am so sold. Like let's, I'm ready to do this right now. Um, and it kind of is in a lot of ways. Um, it's again, it's John Woo. The, the action is super hyper stylized. And when it actually gets into it, it's really good. It takes about 45 to 50 minutes before anything happens. Cause it's like, it opens big and then it's a very long, uh, a bit of, you know, like training and getting ready for what's about to happen because of like the tragedy that happens at the beginning and then execution. And I thought that the execution is, is done well. Um, it's not a great movie, but I would definitely like put it on in the background at some point again and watch this. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Because I, yeah, everyone else is seemingly like kind of hated it, which is a bummer, but I, but I mean, if you go in like not expecting much from silent night and you just want something to be kinetic, it will do, it will do its job. Like if you expect peppermint, then that's <laughs> what you're going to, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> if you're a psychopath that had peppermint in their top 10, yeah, and and constantly regrets not having it number one. Um, <laughs> I totally agree. Wow, wow, we were. You know, we're gonna do like a all time roundup, and it's gonna be like Peppermint, Lockout, Brick Mansions. Uh, you know, it's gonna be a crazy like top top ten that we're gonna do it. So we should do that. <laughs> we should. One day. Uh, one day. Uh, when we can get Alex back. Um. All right, we got two left. Uh, Russ, which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with my recency trend. Let's, I saw holdovers longer ago, so let's clear it out. Holdovers. All right. Holdovers. I saw it yesterday. <laughs> oh, nice. It's good. That's fuck. It's very good. It feels like a movie we used to get like 10 of, um, yeah, a long time ago. It reminded me a lot of, um, Wonder Boys, that Michael Chambon yeah. adaptation with Michael Douglas. Yeah. Yep. RDJ. Um, Paul Giamatti is out of this world. Um, so good. Weird that there's already been a couple um, awards bodies that have nominated both Divine Joy and Randolph and the younger actor who made his debut, who I can't remember the name of at the moment. Alexa. Who's a complete, just like local casting, but have already snubbed Giamatti, who I think gives one of the best performances of the year. 
I thought this is one of his best performances, just like in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, 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 yeah. He 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 knocks it. Out. He just he drives this whole thing forward to like you know to the end. I thought that like that his you know the the speech at the end was was really fucking good. Um, yeah, I, I understand. It's it's like it's it's a preppy all boys school and and like the you're like oh well what is this what's this gonna really be about you know just New England school and it is kind of what you expect but it's the yeah. characters and like the depth of the characters and how much like um, sympathy and empathy that they kind of give to them and their situations uh, mm, throughout yeah. and I, and I think it's just really it's handled really well. I think I, I I didn't have my nose turned up at this movie, but I wasn't really ever excited to see it. I thought the trailers were kind of cute, but I was like, oh, so this is going to be some really. I know I know this movie already. Yeah, and, yeah. which you did. And, and then I went and saw it, and I'm like, it, it is. I do know it, but it 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 took the time to have a lot more um, restraint and to really dial in on those three characters as people and more yeah. than plot and yeah. i like that this was a, per, a person over plot movie um because you actually got to understand how uh angus and paul could develop that the kinship that they have it didn't feel they didn't need all these big things to happen for it to happen it just kind of you feel it coming over the course of the movie in a way that feels real and the movie felt like yeah. an older movie but like not like a movie trying to be an older movie right just felt and like, like and the the person over plot i mean i think like that is like alexander payne does do that fairly well and like yes. you know and that's his that's his thing for the most part and and again he, he does it here really well to take characters that at the beginning you're just like i don't know if i'm really going to care about these characters do you really have problems um, and then be like, oh, all right, there's just some, there's just some problems. <laughs> yeah, really, like, there's, it's just not, it's not doing anything all that special. It's just no doing it really well. Like, you know, when you go some, go to our, like an Italian restaurant and you get like their spaghetti and meatballs, and you've had spaghetti and meatballs a hundred times, thousands of times in your life. Hundreds, but when it's on, really good, it's so good. This is yeah. that. It's just yeah. simple and it's really, really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, hopefully it's she seems to be on the path, but Divine Joy Randolph is, seems to be the favorite for so Oscar. good in this. What she I hope so. I it would be nice because she was I think robbed of a nomination for Dolomite is my name, which she was fantastic in. Oh yeah, that movie like got nothing at the end of the that day. Was, yeah, nothing at all. Which is a bummer because she she was really wonderful in that. Uh, but yeah, she's she's really really great it's 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 a cozy ass movie um it oh, has yeah. one of there's a lot of like really great insults in this movie and towards the end there's a wind up to the biggest insult clearly you see it coming from a mile away like oh he's winding up and it i don't think there's ever been an insult that has delivered harder oh so good that, that much runway I'll, I'll remind you guys of it later if you forgot what it was but i i did forget uh, so and now i really want to know it yeah it's it just it's like as i said the runway is as long as like fast six 
<laughs> that was miles so well um at the end but yeah well, I'll, I'll i'll remind you later ah <sighs> all right one left one left to go peter yeah, we'll talk yeah because <laughs> as we said i saw we'll do boy in the heron another day because it comes out wide this wide weekend. tomorrow yeah um yeah so we're talking about dream scenario yes um a movie i loved <laughs> it's really good nick cage is really good in it <laughs> yeah i think it was it's one of those movies that like if you're looking for a more complicated metaphor like sorry this isn't it right but yeah. i think i think you're allowed to tell something very simply if it is silly and well acted and i think cage is so fucking good in this movie yeah uh this i mean this movie will be paired in my brain and i it, with bo is afraid you know for forever because they just feel so so similar and i know Ari Aster produced this and oh, i didn't know that yeah yeah he uh he was one of the executive producers of this if you even look at the font at the beginning it's the font that he's used in uh at least two movies up top um it's fucking weird and good and i can't think of a trailer that did not suit the movie more I know. <laughs> oh i never i, I never uh, what the, like the, what, the, what? uh what's that fucking um there's like a song in it uh it's from the cranberries and it like makes it seem like it's this like feel goody hopeful the power of dreams dreams isn't it <laughs> yes and here yeah voice. and it's like dreams is what they center the trailer around so that kind of soured me a little bit. And then I saw the movie. I was like, all right, it's weird. Cool, 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 cool. It's cool. super weird. And uh, it's, I don't I just, I've never been more aware of where I am in terms of the, like the generations that exist, like being in a millennial where we're like knocking on Gen X's door, but we've got these Z's right behind us and watching this white man just not be able to get out of his own fucking way till he's <laughs> fucked. I was like, this is so funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's, it's just fun in the way, like it is truly impossible to be a normal famous person these days. Right. If you were not, you can't, in the ways that we would have like, human interest stories you can't do that anymore and i'm not this isn't me like rallying against cancel culture or anything like like that but it's just like the news cycle and fame is so weird and toxic and i like how this plays with that and just like completely destroys this man because of it yes i and yeah i'd um totally agree and i can't wait for your dissertation on cancel culture and how you want to cancel cancel culture but well, yeah it's, to that. it's not that it's just so it's so weird it's like because like the cancel cancel culture culture podcast yeah. coming to you soon <laughs> i mean for me someone someone like me who has a lot of stress when it comes to the internet these days when i've like big reason why i've objected ejected myself from social media is that i would just like stress over why i was doing stuff yeah. And like the attention 
seeking that was just like, why am I doing this? Do I actually think this funny? Do I just want other people to think this is funny? Do I think this like yeah. all those? So it's just like it stressed me the fuck out that I just had to get out of it all. Except and for like, Letterboxd. Except for Letterboxd, which which once again, you don't I didn't ask anyone to follow me. Um, uh, we do talk about it at the end of the podcast. We do. Oh, God, we do. Don't we? Um, <laughs> delete the delete everything. Shut it down. Um, it's just like it's so confusing. So like watching, especially it's for a lot of things like it could be completely out of your hands to become the main right. character of the Internet. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And like whether like not as I said once again not a cancel culture thing but yes do expect my dissertation soon. Um, it's just like it's stressful thinking that you could all of a sudden like someone could film you falling down and all of a sudden you're famous for six days. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's you you have less of control over kind of and like you, your life and the public perception of your life than you ever have before. Which is weird because this we used to you used to talk about all this stuff as like you can finally curate your experience and now you can't you don't yeah. own who you are at all nope no and I found that terrifying and so interesting in this movie as I said when it's like pretty straightforward it's not as I said it's not hiding that message under a lot of layers like, right a, a movie I liked a couple of years ago was the the it was on it was a I think Spanish but uh, the platform maybe it was a Portuguese film. But there was a movie about just like the platform of food that would just go down from floor to floor. Oh, oh I remember yeah. you talking about that. It was this. like a Netflix yeah. thing, I think, right? Yeah. It was on Netflix. It was just like it was incredibly simple, straightforward metaphor. Like so much that like it really should have been like a 45 minute Twilight Zone episode. But like Ooh. if you make it interesting and you do kind of stress me out, I will like it. Like you don't have to yeah, bury yeah. it under eight layers of irony or 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 like um, as I said, like a a to d metaphor and like and you like confuse me or like try to trick people into liking it who don't understand it like i it like i was stressed along with nick cage but like because he's so fucking funny in this movie and i think he has one of the one of the all-time greatest post nut performances oh god (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that i think so it's and it's like oddly muted for nick cage yeah it, and he was so, uh, he was muted in general. They gave him like the dream scenes to not say anything and just be like really big and weird. And then he was kind of like normal throughout most of the other ones, except for maybe like one or two other scenes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really enjoy just how much you watch a guy have everything, everything yeah. we say we want. But like he doesn't have that other thing that other people have. So because he doesn't have that, he'd rather lose everything yeah. to get anything. And that is such yep. a stupid way to live that people choose on a regular basis. Um, or you could be like those fucking dream kids at the end of it and just know that like Z's kind of know everything is fucked and nothing <laughs> matters. So who cares? Oh, man. Those, I forgot about those dream kids at the end. Yeah. And and it and that. We're as not part of the, I understand them, but I'm also not them. Right. Like I will always care a little bit about things. So I can't just completely give my, give my, give my life away to all this nonsense, but it's really fun to watch somebody uh, just completely fuck up at every turn. <laughs> uh, this it like you could have played the curb music through this whole movie. Yes. Oh my God. A hundred percent. 
But yeah, very fun. Nicholas Cage. Love, love that you're back in stuff that you should be in. Yeah. Uh, and Tim Meadows. Hey, hey, guy. Tim Meadows is great. Uh, love, love Tim Meadows. That we, was such a good so. Society as a whole one day is going to realize that we really fucked up on appreciating Tim Meadows. Yep. Oh, 100%. I feel like most movies, when if Tim Meadows is in it, he is probably, if not the best part of that movie. Yeah. yeah. Like a movie that I love, which would be like, say, Pop Star, Tim Meadows kills that entire oh. thing. Tony, and Tony, the Tony. thing is, Tony? no one else Tony, can Tony, do Tony, Tony. what he does. And that's yeah, what exactly. I don't, that's, I don't understand how we're just letting this guy yeah. not be ginormous because he's going to go away one day or he's just yeah. going to stop. And we're no one does what he does. It's so frustrating. Yeah, it, he should that, be in everything. He should be like every role in everything. Yeah, he that's, should be everything everywhere all at once. That movie. scene from Popstar when he's introduced when he's like suggesting Hunter the Hungry for uh, uh to co-headline and stuff and he just like in his delivery of yep I have an idea but you are gonna like it <laughs> wait <laughs> aren't you gonna say like aren't it? I, I are. think it's that line twice a week so <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I like it. <laughs> Oh, all uh, right. Anything else we want to talk about? We want to wrap this thing up. Let's wrap this up. Just the things to come. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we got a. Uh, this week, we've got the re release of The Abyss. Um, and uh, poor things in very, very limited release. Yeah, that's yeah. what, like five uh, theaters? Boy, Boy and, the and the Heron. Heron. Yep. Yep. With Anne Hathaway and Thomas and McKenzie is coming out. This weekend, which I'm excited That's to supposed see. to be good. There's been really good reviews for that. And then next weekend's actually kind of a, a for a weird, weirdly big weekend. You've got Wonka, which is getting good reviews. Which you guys. I am. I don't I, believe it. I was like, so like, this is ridiculous. There's no way this is going to be interesting. It's going to be so stupid. I know Paul King's doing it and he's made two five star movies, but there's no way that I'm going to be into it. And then all of a sudden, every review's good. Yeah, and I don't know what's going on in we'll the pocket for, for this now. So we'll next week, we've got that American fiction, which looks fucking hilarious. That looks great. And Zone of Interest, which looks dark as fuck. I can't. I I, that that I, Zone of Interest is the new Jonathan Glazer, who um he did. Uh, what was fuck? What was the big one? Something. with Scar- Oh, the, the, the alien one. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson as an alien just goes around under the skin. Oh, oh, under the skin. Yeah, sure. Yeah, which is great. And he oh, made, this is his first movie since then, isn't it? Yes, he hasn't made anything in a long time. He made and, and like before that, he made that movie Birth with Nicole Kidman, who the the a kid uh, like a twelve year old boy shows up claiming to be uh, the reincarnation of her husband. Um, yeah, which that is, dude's weird. That's a weird ass movie. Yeah, Zone of Interest, also starring Sandra Huller, who is uh, we talked about it for Anatomy of the Fall. I am so oh, nice. interested. It's about the the commandant of Auschwitz, whose him and his family live next door. The movie, so the movie never enters Auschwitz. Okay. It is just it is just a movie about these people living their life next door. Yeah, in okay. this like in living in how you live, ignoring atrocity. <laughs> and I can't wait. Gonna it's going to be dark as fuck. Shit. It's real good. Can't wait. Uh, and, the, oh, the Iron Claw is also around 
Christmas with uh, Aquaman. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, Aquaman's got to be coming out. And then all of us strangers, migration, other stuff. But yeah, yeah I, we, the saw, next... saw all of us strangers, and I highly suggest it. I can't actually find it on the race. I don't know when it's why it is. Uh, but that was released last year, right? Or is that, did that come out uh, foreign last year? Or did it just like get completed last year? Because it said 2022 next year review is all, the only reason I say that. Yeah. Oh, weird. I didn't know that. Oh, maybe. Oh. Yeah, maybe they maybe Searchlight picked it up. Um, yeah. But it was like made last year and then shopped around the festival circuit. Letterboxd has it as 2023, which is confusing. But yeah, I, I just I saw a preview screening of it last week and it's really fantastic. Another just as a random suggestion, another movie that's marked as 2022, but that was just festival stuff. Um, I believe it's still on Hulu. It is um, How to Blow Up a Pipeline, if you haven't seen it. Oh, that's, yeah, I do want to say, I don't know, you're, no, that was 2022. That's my bad. No, that, the description of that sounded super weird. <laughs> yeah, it's real good. Nice. Take. Um, yeah, excited, excited for you to see Boy in the Heron. Excited for people yeah, to see Yeah, I can't wait. Painters. Give me a big one. Big, big couple of weeks. So, yeah, we will probably this is probably it for the year unless we see enough stuff in the next, like, say, two to three weeks to actually do another one of these. But we'll see. Yeah, I don't and, know. I mean, we, I, I know we will, but I also yeah. know yeah, the holidays yeah. and people will be doing things. Yeah. yeah. So we'll come back. We'll come back in January, probably. Or second week, Jan, before. The Mean Girls musical, I guess, like one of the like maybe the first I would, of January. I'd love to get, and I know this isn't we normally like do our we come back and we do our top ten. I'd love to get one more movie one out and then do a top ten. I think we've done that before, and I think that that makes sense just to kind of clear the air from everything that we're going to see over the next month and then do our top ten, and then we could have like the top ten. We could actually do a one in like two weeks later where it's the top tens. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a ton I'm going to need to clean up. I think like the taste of things is the only thing that's not coming out until much later. That's still a 2023, but I'm, I don't can't imagine that's going to be in my top 10. So once I see, I think like Ferrari that comes out Christmas day is going to be the last of the things I'll have to catch up on. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't see the color purple musical really cracking my 10. Yeah. Even though it is a bold new take on a beloved classic. <laughs> and with that we will see y'all in the new year uh you can find us on the web movementpodcast.com you can find russ on all the socials as rust incredible peter has now said he does not want to be mentioned at the end of this what his <laughs> social is so we will just skip him uh you can find me on letterboxd and strava's johnny tiggs and happy holidays everybody have a good time. Have a uh, hope everyone's Thanksgiving was good. Probably should have started with that one way long ago. I uh, hope you have a happy new year and we will see you in 2024. God, I know. There's actually a lot of things I have to clean up.